So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name is Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. Welcome to Brian's Rompod. today's episode we're going to be looking at um, gait analysis and running technique so looking over the show notes we'll give you some tips on running form um, and as I said we're going to be looking at gait analysis and hope to demystify it plus we will also look at some tips to how to improve running form anyway without further ado let's crack on so tips on running form now it's always important to to look ahead Don't stare at your feet. Your eyes should be focused on the ground about 10 to 20 feet ahead of you. Not only is this proper running form, but it's also a safer way to run because you can see what's coming and avoid falling. Is your head jutting forward as you run? This puts a lot of stress in your neck and shoulder muscles, which can lead to tension. To make sure you're not leaning forward with your head when you're running, hold it so that your ears are right over the middle of your shoulders. Keep your hands at your waist. Try to keep your hands at waist level, right and where that might lightly brush your hip and your arms should be bent at a 90 degree angle. Some beginners have a tendency to hold their hands way up to their chest, especially if they get tired. You may actually have get even more tired by holding your arms that way and you'll start to feel the tightness and tension in your shoulders and neck. Relax your hands. As you run, keep your arms and hands as relaxed as possible. Avoid tightening your hands into fists. If you're clutching your hands, the tension will move up from there up to your arms to your shoulders and neck. Check your posture. Keep your posture straight and erect. So your head should be up, your back straight and shoulders level. Keep your shoulders under your ears and maintain a neutral pelvis. Make sure you're not leaning forward or back at your waist, which some runners do as they get fatigued. So check your posture once in a while. When you're tired at the end of the run, it's common to slump over a little, which can lead to neck, shoulder and lower back pain. When you feel yourself slouching, poke your chest out. In addition, wearing zero-drop running running shoes can help prevent heel, heel strike running. Relax your shoulders. Your shoulders should be relaxed and square, facing forward, not hunched over. Rounding the shoulders too far forward tends to tighten the chest and restrict the breathing, and you'll breathe a lot easier if your shoulders are relaxed. Check that your shoulders are not shrugged up close to your ears. If they are, squeeze your shoulder blades together on your back, or as if they're elevated doors that you need to close. Keep them in that position and allow your shoulders to drop. 
Keep your arms at your sides. Avoid side-to-side arm swinging. If your arms cross over your chest, you're most likely to slouch, which means you're not breathing efficiently. Inefficient or shallow breathing can also lead to side stitches or cramps in the abdominal area. When runners get tired or tense, these hands start to move up towards the shoulders, shortening the distance between the upper arm and the forearm. If you notice this happening, allow your arms to drop by your sides and shake them out. Reposition them at about a 90 degree angle with your shoulders back and relaxed. Rotate your arms from the shoulder. Your arms should swing back and forth from the shoulder, not the elbow joint. Think of your arm as a pendulum swinging back and forth at your shoulder. Drive your elbow backward and then let it swing swing toward you. Your hand should be almost grazing your hip as if your arm comes back in front of you. Your arms should swing by your sides. If you're crossing over your chest, they'll start moving up towards your shoulders and you'll find yourself hunching over. Hunching can make it hard to breathe. Keep your arms at your sides parallel to each, each, um, each other. Imagine a vertical line splitting your body in half. Your hand should not go past the line. Don't bounce. When you bounce, you run, you're known as vertical oscillation. Your head and body are moving up and down too much, which wastes a lot of energy. The higher you lift yourself off the ground, the greater the shock you have to absorb when you're landing and the faster your legs will fatigue. To minimise bounce and save energy, run lightly and run and land softly on your feet. Try to keep your stride low to the ground and focus on quick stride turnover. Take short, light steps as if you're stepping on hot coals. Experts say that a cadence of 90 with a left foot um, or rather 180 uh, strides per minute with uh, with both feet, um, with a, it says, um, is the turnover rate some of the most efficient runners. Shortening your stride will raise your cadence. Practice any changes in your cadence and foot strides for shorter periods only. They will feel that natural at first and you don't want it to overdo it. As they become more natural, you'll be able to do them for longer periods of running of, um, of the workout. Some of the best um, sports watches allow you to track your cadence so you can see what your current cadence is and experiment with adjusting it. Let's move on to gait ana- analysis. So gait, G-A-I-T, uh, analysis demystified. So what is gait analysis? Knowing your gait and getting the correct shoe for your foot is an important part of injury prevention. A person's gait describes the way in which they walk. A gait analysis is a simple exam that provides you with the important information about walking or running style. Learning about your running style and getting fitted for a shoe that will help protect you from your injury is essential. Whether you are a seasoned runner or just beginning, Having the right gear and proper form can vastly improve your running experience. When should a runner get gait analysis? Well, physical therapist Daniel Curin recommends multiple analyses. Always the beginning of the activity, he says, but then later at an intermediate and advanced stage. The reason is that you may not be the same runner you were when you began. During the evolution of running, the muscle profile is changed for the better, automatically changing the gait, gaining more amplitude and cadence, so resulting in, in better performance, he says. This leads to different needs to the same athlete at 
different fitness levels. So there's the neutral pronation. Neutral pronation occurs when the foot lands on the outer edge and then rolls inward into a controlled manner. So distributing weight evenly and helping to absorb shock. On push-off, there is an even distribution pressure from the front of the foot. So as recommended, type of shoe would be neutral. Under pronation, sometimes called subination, this is where the outer side of the foot strikes the ground at a steeper than normal angle with little or no movement inward, causing a jarring effect with a larger transmission of shock through the lower leg. It is usually seen in runners with high arches, and so a recommended type of shoe would be neutral. Overpronation. So around 70% of population overpronate. So this is by far the most common pronation type amongst runners. As the foot is planted, it rolls inward excessively, transferring rate from to the inner edge indicate instead of centering it on the ball of the foot. It's usually seen in runners with low arches or flat feet. So uh, stability, a stability shoe would be best for someone who is overpronating. In an article by Claire Callaghan, uh, she gives six t- tips that a gait analysis will give you. It will A, understand your mechanics, your running mechanics. She says that the body is a bit like a car with its own ways of operating strengths and weaknesses. So um, she, to, to share the knowledge of the biomechanics, I look at the patterns of movement which are either the cause of the symptom or injuries and muscle imbalances. This guides treatment with your ability to manage yourself. It's like a personalised ex- exercise programme. Through knowing which problems you have, an expert can give you the best exercises for your problem. It's best to do fewer high-quality exercises than many non-specific ones, depending on the problem. Some exercises can also make you worse. So number three, she says, freedom from pain. In short and long term, some gator patterns are linked to specific pain, knowing and, if necessary, making small changes to gait. Clarity on running terminology. Running aficionados have helped develop a language and methodology of their own. And I can cut through the pronation, heel strike, cadence and more given the research based on the information of what types of running styles correlate with the benefits and provide research based information. So in terms of the running magazines are starting to overwhelm you or have technical questions about running and basically having an an analysis can give you your answers. So... Don't fancy reading the chunky gate book or doing the courses, but want to gain a depth of knowledge about running, then why not get it uh, analysed? And there are loads of places, um, no doubt, locally where you live um, that will do some form of gate analysis. It will also get you to focus on your training and running goals, making sure your training plan matches your needs. It'll help you understand the control of speed, what types of running to practice and why going up, downhill versus running on the flat or grass and how to vary effort levels. So it'll give you a knowledge. Number six, she says, it'll give you knowledge and empowerment. If you know and understand the body's mechanics and injuries, 
you'll better be able to manage the issues and your health now and in the future. So you can do your own test um, to see um, in terms of uh, if you're st- st- if you're uh, overpronate or if you're uh, under um, under pronation or your neutral pronation. So um, there is a what's called a wet foot test. Um, basically, simply wet the sole of your foot, step onto a piece of heavy duty paper or a dark tile or paving slab and examine the footprint when you leave behind. The degree at which your sole of your foot is visible in the footprint will give you an indication of your arch type and the kind of shoe you might need. So, for instance, if you have a high arch, indicates the possible underpronation and the recommended shoe is neutral. If your arch is normal, indicates uh, a neutral gait, so the recommended shoe would be neutral. So if the arch type is flat and low, um, indication would be a possible overpronation and a recommended shoe would be stability. So we will have, be having pictures in the show notes and also a link in the show notes to this particular article. Uh, so what are the some practical tips for improving running form? So here's some drills. Runners should regularly incorporate drills into their training and are better able to recruit muscles needed to task, leaving them less injury prone. And when the going gets tough, they are more efficient than the runner who doesn't work on the proper form. Giving that an improvement of running economy can be just as good as an improvement of VO2 max when it comes to that final number on the stopwatch. It only makes sense to squeeze as much free speed out of one's performance as possible. In an article in Train Peaks, again I'll put a link in the show notes, they say the key to developing good running form is to ingrain proper movement patterns into your muscle memory so they're becoming automatic and the proper movements can be trained through running drills with proper movement patterns instilled in default setting and you'll be better prepared when the fatigue threatens to break down your running form so what are the top running form drills excuse me i'll just get a glass of water these drills for running Form are best performed on a soft surface, such as a rubberized, tra- rubberized track in field of a track, a flat, dirty trail or a grassy field. Perform the drills after you have completed your initial warm-up or in the middle or end of your run. Do each drill for about 10 to 20 metres and you'll go through the sequence at least once. If time permits, you can repeat the sequence two to three times. Aim to incorporate at least one to two drill sessions into the running program each week. Side to side skip. Running takes place almost exclusively in a sagittal plane, so flex and extension, to pro- propel the runner forward, yet muscles that operate in the frontal plane, abduction and adduction, play an important role as stabilizers. And these first two drills build strength and coordination among these stabilizing muscles. So from side to side, skip, skip, side to side by bringing your feet together and then shoulder width apart and letting your arms cross over each other in front of the body as you skip. Grapevine. 
Um, like the side-to-side skit, the grapevine drill further works with stabilising muscles that play a secondary but nonetheless vital role in running as he moves sideways, cross one leg over the other, in front of the other and then behind and hold your arms out to the side as you begin. And as you start to get the hang of the drill, you can use your arms as you would while running. Also a good one to do when you're warming up. Uh, skip. These next drills recruit the primary movers, namely the glutes and hamstrings, that operate during the active propulsion phase of the run. For a skip, a skip with high knees, as you bring your leg down, finish with a slightly pouring motion as you pull backwards. The pouring motion, too often neglected, is also a key element of powerful stride. Focus on initiating that pull from the glutes as the hamstrings then join in the motion. And this will ingrain the backward pulling motion important to the running propulsion into your muscle memory. Use the same arm motion during this drill as you use while running. A B skip um, is nearly identical to the A skip, but first it extends the leg forward. The extension to the leg dramatically stretches on the hamstring and then allows you to really emphasise the backward pouring motion as the foot lands on the ground and pulls through. Get into the rhythm of the A and B skips by listening to the pattern of the sound of your feet make as you contact and scuff the ground pouring backwards and use the same arm motion during this drill and use as and as you use while running again i'll link uh, put links in the show notes so you can have a better idea to see what it looks like so butt kicks um this is quite uh, self-explanatory so this one i regularly use for warm-ups and the butt kick drill further conditions or coordinates the glutes into hamstrings for a stronger running stride the buck kick drill should almost feel like a variation of running with a high knees rather than simply kicking backwards. Pull your heels up directly beneath you, keeping the knee, heel and toe up through the drill. Use the same arm motion during this drill as you would use while running. High knees. The high knee drill works the loading phase of the run and the key to performing the drill Correctly is to focus on driving the foot down and letting it spring back up to the ground. Use the same arm motion during this drill as you would while running. Straight leg. This is kind of quite comical, this one. is a straight leg reinforces the important pouring motion practice in the A skip and B skip. And the uh, start slowly and gradually increase your speed and avoid the temptation to lean backwards. In other words, keep your upper body perpendicular to the ground and as you run with the straight legs and as your foot contacts the ground, finish with the same backwards pouring motion as you practised in the other drills. Squeeze the glutes and hamstrings as you pull back, ankling. Ankling drill helps facilitate the proper loading and spring during running. Start to start at the toe, push forward, push the foot down so that the heel barely contacts the ground. The movement can be can be difficult to learn at first, so begin a slow motion, then gradually pick up the pace and keep the cadence high. So there's quite a range of different drills you could do don't obviously do all of them at once maybe do 
some as a warm-up, like I've said. Um, maybe some that uh, you could do as a cool down or maybe break up the training and use a couple of these drills. So, and maybe over after a while, you can gradually uh, have greater intensity and um, increase the difficulty for of the drills. The bottom line basically is good form equals free speed. Time-crunched athletes can easily work these drills into a few easy running days each week. And as you do, focus on the consistent practice and proper application uh, to gain the most benefit of your running. The dividends will come in the form of better neuromuscular coordination and stronger muscles dedicated to the activity of running. So however long we have maybe been running, there are always new things to learn. Um, and I suppose it is the point of this podcast, learning about your running gait is a good way to focus on your technique and is also making sure that you have the right equipment and shoes. And we've looked into the running form and the key thing is it's all about being relaxed and not to bounce too much. We looked at gait analysis. Um, any good running shop will do an analysis so that they are you're buying the right shoe. Um, you obviously can go to a physio and they will give you much more detail in terms of your actual running and do a much better analysis. However, it is always good to know what type of runner you are. Um, we looked again, we looked at some uh, running drills that could be incorporated as part of your training. And that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of Brian's Run Pod. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, we've got your back with all things running. And next week, get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey. Oh, and before we sign off, exciting news. We're now available on YouTube. So whether you're pounding the pavement or chilling at home, you can catch us there too. Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Ron Pod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind the scenes fun and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter or should I say X at Brian's Ron Pod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like. And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, head over to our website, www.brian'srompod.co.uk. And there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favourite discussions. Please leave a review as it will always help find others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. Till next week, thanks again for listening. 